Welcome back. That's how I start every episode. Every episode. I just noticed that. You just need to mash up all the different episodes. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know that video? Uh, hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Why? How's how's your week been, Tavares? Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, how has it been? Busy, busy. Busy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what day did we link up last week? Was it Wednesday? Maybe. Because it's been a long week. Yeah, it's been a long-ass week. As you know, I'm Colton Robertson, joined by none other than the magnificent Tavares Pennington. We, uh, we're here to talk about uh, some music, some television, some movies. It's what we do. We like the pop cultures. In, uh, in our music, we're going to talk about uh, a short story that we have about uh, Futuristic, the rapper. We have beef. Fuck Futuristic. For life. You heard it first here. We've also got, a uh, in our movie segment, we're going to be talking about the best filmmaker and actor-slash-actress combos. You know, so you got, like, for example, Tarantino and Uma. They did Pulp Fiction and the Kill Bill movies, and we're going <coughs> to do shit like that. Yeah. And then in television, we're going to talk about the new BoJack Horseman season. I'm looking forward to that. I've got some notes about it. Okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, strap in. It's going to be a good show. You ready? Are you ready? I was born ready. Are you... Wait, what's the, what's the thing? Uh, uh, the rock. What? Oh. Uh... uh the Rock. Are you smelling? What Do the you smell what The Rock oh, is cooking? Yeah. There's you mixed Triple H and <laughs> and The Rock. Okay. Triple H would go. Are you ready? <laughs> I was. You know they sound kind of similar. Like or like when you think when I think they obviously don't sound yeah. similar. But like when I think back, you know, I just think if you smell <laughs> what The Rock <laughs> is cooking. Yeah, dude, I'm, I loved the WWE. Oh yeah, no, I just, it was the shit. There was a, Did you see the video on Twitter of LeBron James uh, where he was videotaping yeah. Stone Cold with a flip with phone? With a flip phone, and he was famous. I was like, LeBron was a big yo, deal. LeBron then. was like nineteen. He had to, he couldn't have been older than that. Like what the hell? And I mean, that's what happens when you go to the NBA at eighteen. What a legend! I cannot imagine that. Like, yo, there are dudes in the NBA that are our age. That's just ridiculous. They are playing a professional sport at our age with dudes who are like thirty. <laughs> that's crazy. That's to just me. wild. Like, like I was watching the something the other day, and I, ah, oh, shit, I can't remember. But like, even last season, Jason Tatum is like twenty-one this mm-hmm. year, and he's been in the league two or three years yeah. now. Like, he's only a couple years older than yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. It is weird, though, that, you know, like, I, I don't. I, I think I'd want to stay for a degree if I was going to college. Yeah, I mean, but granted, I don't know what it's like to be a you don't know like, what it's like to be a basketball. Player, yeah, like you're like gonna get drafted into the NBA. Yeah. I'm a league. That might cha- <laughs> that might change my perspective a bit. But yeah, I'm like you know, like a degree is important, right? Well, I mean, is it not though? when you're getting to the NBA. But like, what if you're not good? If you're getting to the NBA, you're good. <sighs> you're you're making like league minimum four hundred thousand dollars a year. See, but like <laughs> it, honestly, if I'm going to the NBA, I'm trying to play in the NBA. If I'm not playing in the NBA, fuck the D league. Yeah. I'm just gonna bounce and do something else. Like That's, obviously, I can be successful. So like, yeah, I'm a, and I'm probably already better off than most other people. Be like, yeah, how'd you get all your money? Uh, I played basketball for about two years, realized I sucked, then I got into entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in the <laughs> NBA, made about. A million dollars, and I figured, you know, I could live off this. <laughs> <laughs> you can if you if you oh, do yeah. that shit right, like. 
you don't even have to, like, I mean, obviously you can easily blow that. Yeah. But I mean, like, just being, like, even relatively smart, just having yeah. some sort of common sense, yeah. you can stretch a million dollars out over a very, very oh, long yeah, time. No, that's, that's like, ten hundred million dollars, or hundred thousand dollars. That's crazy. That's, like... That's so crazy to $100, think about. A hundred thousand dollars. I'm good for at least two, three years. Yeah, I'm not... I can't even imagine that much money. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would like, probably that's, like that's foreign to me. That'd probably like fill up this room. In theory. In theory. <laughs> like you get like pennies. <laughs> fill this bitch up. Hundred thousand dollars. Roll the tape. <laughs> you have now entered the Penny Bloom Podcast. Hosted by none other than Colton Robinson and Tavares Pennington. I hope you are prepared for a show unlike any that you've ever seen before. Or heard, I guess it's a podcast. So you aren't going to see anything. What a wonderful time of day. Learn to work and play. And get along with each other. To your heart. Listen to the beat, listen to the rhythm, the rhythm of the streets. It's so good! <laughs> it is fire! It's so good! Like, what the? Who does that? Yo, so that was us singing the Arthur theme song. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to start with our little short story about futuristic and why we have beef. So, about three years ago. Three years ago. Me and Tavara started our own little hip-hop venture called Hip Hop Air probably still find the account you can it's it still exists uh we haven't been active on it remember when Pusha t did the thing with hip-hop air like he st- what did he have he had like a oh uh, shit yeah i remember though because he like started like some company called hip-hop air and we we're just like oh, we were God, like ah damn, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like obviously he has the rights <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just kind of came up with his name and said it yeah it was like it was it was just hip-hop air so it was hhh and yeah. we were like that's cool <laughs> uh but yeah so we, we did pretty good for a while. We had a, a few hundred followers, much more than we do now on this podcast. And uh, <laughs> we were, I don't know how that happened. We, we, well, we had, a, we had a couple of. Uh, yeah, we had some. Viral we had some cele- celebrity help. <laughs> celebrity like Chance help. the Rapper. Yeah. Chance the Rapper liked a tweet of ours, and that led to everyone, a bunch of people liking it. Ugly God retweeted something of ours. Like, we had a few different occasions. That Ugly God retweet was dope. That, that got us a ton was, of yeah. pub. That was, yeah. But yeah, so we tweet something. We got to the millions, didn't we? No. Or that was the hundred thousand. We got to the hundred thousands and like likes. You're right. But uh, so (laughs) we posted this uh this tweet about futuristic because back then we were futuristic fans. You know, futuristic was fire. Like back then, but now we realize, uh, probably probably a fuck. Yeah, I mean, so here's here's why we have beef. We we. We post this tweet that says, get you a rapper that can do both. And in one picture, Futuristic is all cuddly with a dolphin, and he looks like he's, he's like, really sweet. And in the other picture, he's blowing smoke out of his mouth, and he looks real hard and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, so get you somebody who can do both, right? You know? Right? Classic, That's classic a good joke. tweet. Classic, that's a good tweet. That's a good tweet. Not, what, was it a couple hours later? No, I think it was like a day later. Okay, a day later. We look at Futuristic's most recent tweet. And we tag Futuristic in this. We tag Futuristic. I'm like, oh, like, this is a good ass This is a good tweet. He's got to retweet He's got to like and retweet it. Yeah, he's got to like and retweet. We check his account the next day. The same two pictures, 
the same caption. The, the motherfucker took our tweet. He stole our tweet. Like, how the hell? Fuck is, that guy. Is that okay? Like, I, like, you can't you just give us a like and retweet? You know he saw it. That's the only way. That's the only way. way he would have done that a day later the with the exact same way. shit. The exact same pictures, the exact same uh, verbiage. So, me and Tavares have held this grudge for three years now. And his, uh, his music just immediately became bad. It did. It, it, Ever since then, I haven't fucked with Futurist. I can't listen to his his music and be like, "Yeah, this is pretty fire." No, like, it's because I that. know, <laughs> I know he's a phony. Uh, he's, he's I know he's a That's fraud. Just, it, it's it's you got to take notice of these things. Um, these people, they're just fucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and. We don't want to jump to conclusions or anything. We don't know about Futuristic, you know. <laughs> yeah. We don't know him or anything. He's a decent. He's a pretty good rapper. <laughs> he's a, he's a pretty good rapper, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, fuck is Futuristic. He though, like fuck Futuristic. He's got a good flow. Yeah, he's I got mean, a good he flow. Does, but I just don't want to admit it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you know what? Fuck that guy. Yeah, like everyone else can say he's good or whatever. But like I used to be like, why doesn't Futuristic blow up? Like he's so good. Now I'm like, if he blows up, like I'm gonna still be like, fuck Futuristic. Like oh fuck fuck Futuristic for life. Yeah, like <laughs> you just can't do that. Like you cross the line. You don't steal. T- like you don't steal tweets. You don't steal especially content. from be original. Like, especially from an account like as small as ours. Exactly. Like what the fuck? <sighs> it pisses me off. Somewhere out there, there's a picture of me, Futuristic, and Devon Terrell all together. I met them at the uh, Mike Stud concert. We're track it down and burn it. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try and find it. I'll print it out and then I'll burn it. Okay. Yeah, but and then uh, we'll burn the device. Yeah, it's fuck Futuristic for life. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you seen that uh, that video of uh, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes talking? The basketball players. No. Well, do you remember what happened with Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher? Uh. Derek Fisher uh, had sex with his wife. <laughs> had, Wait, had Derek sex. Fisher. Had sex with Matt Barnes. What wife. the fuck? And Matt Barnes is hard. Yeah, that dude's, Matt Barnes that dude's is a fucking hard. G. Like, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he drove three hours to get to Derek Fisher and beat his ass. You know how mad you gotta be to drive three hours to beat somebody's ass? How you gonna fuck your teammate's wife though? It wasn't his teammate. Wait, were they not teammates? At not the time? at the time. Oh, okay, okay. Damn, though. Yo, and that so. <laughs> Steven Jackson, I think, is on Matt Barnes' podcast or something, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they're talking, and Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes says, we need to get D-Fish up in here. I'd like to see you two have it. I goes, oh, no, fuck D-Fish. <laughs> he says, fuck D-Fish for life. And Matt, he said, ever since what he did do, fuck, fuck that man. And, <laughs> and Matt Barnes was like, oh, no, we cool now. Like, we're, yeah. we're pretty cool. He's like, oh, no shit. No shit. Really? I still fuck that guy for life. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's the best kind of friend. He's like, yo, you all had beef a while ago. I still fuck that guy. I don't know if I could get over that. You know, like we're we're two NBA players. You could have any other girl. My fucking wife. wife? Like, come on, man. Like, what the hell? So, in summary, fuck futuristic. Yeah, that's because basically what he did to us is what D Fish did to Matt Barnes. I can even go listen to his music. Be like, I mean, yeah, it's good, but still not get an ounce of enjoyment out of it because it's futuristic. Exactly. It's I, I, he's he's just, he just left a bitter taste in my mouth. I hope you're listening, futuristic. Yeah, we'll add him. Maybe he'll steal that tweet. Wait. <laughs> we should, that, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says he has a street cred, even though he doesn't have facial tattoos. Because that's the key. Fa- that is you the get key. A facial, you get a face tat, you got street cred. Because everyone knows Post Malone's uh, uh, stay he's away killed, tattoos. He's killed like 
like fucking seven people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to presume that you're wrong, but I, I don't want to say you're right either. I don't think Post Malone's killed people. <laughs> I don't either. Let's, uh, let's not start these uh, slanderous rumors. Oh, yeah. No, we wouldn't want that. But Futuristic did steal our tweet, so fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck, fuck Futuristic. Nah, that's all there. That's all. That's that on that. Basically, we just want to talk our shit. Yeah, we just we never we, we wanted- rarely let loose on somebody. Yeah, like we're re- we're usually really positive about whatever we're talking about. Right. I wanted to shit on futuristic real quick. Yeah. No, futuristic. I don't know. Last week we kind of shit on Mark Zuckerberg and Kanye West. <laughs> I was just gonna say we could shit on Kanye West some more. You want to? Yeah. Sure. All right, we're gonna shit on Kanye West some more. Uh, did you listen to Jesus is King? I. I- I made it through about three or four songs. So what I did is I hit shuffle, and Closed on Sunday came on. Extremely unluckily, unluckily for me. <laughs> he goes, Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A, you're my number one with lemonade. And I was like, wow, this is the greatest artist of all time. <laughs> there this you is, go. This right. is the, the self-proclaimed the, the, the greatest the artist of, of all time. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A, you're my number one with lemonade. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> like what 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 are you trying to do Kanye that's what I want to know because do you believe Kanye is Christian do I believe that yeah I I I do believe that he believes in Christianity is that what it means to be Christian though not necessarily I don't think so because I I mean I hate speculating about this it's it seems pretty dirty to speculate about someone else's religion like i don't know but uh it's just he seems so phony with it like he made he made jesus walks in like 2004 yeah and then his pastor now says like two months ago he converted to christianity <laughs> then what was jesus walks yeah <laughs> what the fuck what was ultra light being was he like a devil worshiper or something there like... were there were all those conspiracy theories that he was in the illuminati and you know if anyone was in the illuminati i would think it would be Kanye West at, at a certain point in time, you know. Yeah, I yeah like I, it, I wouldn't put it past him. Right. Like, like it'd be, it'd be like he was just like, yeah, fuck it, yeah, it, I'll be in the Illuminati. It seemed like we couldn't place what exactly like he was doing. Like everyone, he's just like meeting with Trump, saying bullshit, and we're just like, what? Is, like, is everything okay? Slavery Kanye? was a choice, is which he never okay? actually apologized for. Yeah. It, no, like, he will never defend that now. He's like, oh, like, I, what did he say that I was watching some interview and he was like, I have a choice and I'm choosing freedom or some shit. Yeah. And I was just like, like, who is enslaved, bro? Tell me who you're talking about. And, like, his whole thing is that he thinks he's the wokest man alive. He does. Because he realizes everyone's trapped in this box. Oh, yeah. Society traps people in a box, which I'm not saying it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. But the way he goes about it just seems so like, dude, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, why are you like... It seems so just like... You're not God. It, he has a major god complex. No matter how he's talking, he sounds like he's talking down to oh, people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. He is always talking down to people. Yeah. And it's because he thinks he's god. So, you know what? Stop trying to be god. Stop trying to be god.
Yep. Enough said. Enough said. And I'd also like to say that the good thing that can come of this is the people that worship Kanye West. This might actually lead them to finding Jesus. It might. Like, yeah. like it might lead to some solace for people who right. lo- who love Kanye West, yeah. which I appreciate. Like that's that's a good thing, but like it just seems like it's coming from a phony place, and I don't. And like I that. mean, like people, there there have even been people who are Christians who have said that they walked out of like Kanye Sunday services or whatever. Yeah, right? because, because it seems like it just seems pseudo religious. It's not, it's not what it should be like. Yeah, I saw an argument earlier that like, and I I agree completely. He's kind of manipulating religion so that he'll get listens. And profit. Yeah, and profit. And, like, I saw someone talk about how, oh, like, someone tried to rebuttal this with, like, oh, but, like, pastors don't do that. And he's like, I'm not saying that all pastors do that. Like, they don't. Yeah. Some of them, sure. Yeah. Joel Osteen, for example. But the way he's going about it's all wrong. It just, like. And Joel Osteen respects him because of it. If you want to do what if you want to go the Christianity gospel route do it the way Chance the Rapper does it he raps about religion a lot Uh he makes it enjoyable Mm -hmm. and he doesn't throw it in your fucking face he doesn't make a, a, a gospel album like he just makes Chance music with gospel influence maybe nobody can regard like Coloring Book has an astounding amount of gospel music in it Nobody considers it a gospel album. Yeah, and and my beef isn't really necessary even with the fact that he made a gospel album. Like, good for him, make a gospel right. album. But like, so even Snoop Dogg made a gospel album. Exactly. You didn't hear him going around being like, "We're hosting Snoop Dogg's church services because Snoop Dogg knows about church and you not you need to learn how to be Christian." And Kanye shit. Like, West sold merch that said Sunday service. Don't do that. Like this isn't like. I just don't feel like Kanye is the image of Christianity that we should be following. I don't think so either. And I think that's... And in a way, that could be what is damaging about him doing this. Yeah. Because the people who do worship Kanye West, if they do end up finding Jesus because of it, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll still be modeled after Kanye West in some way. Yeah, right. It's like, that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's probably not great. And he just says some off-the-wall shit sometimes. And did you hear about the Plan B and abortion thing? I did not. It was like black. Oh, did I not send you that photo? No, I don't think so. Here, let me find this headline. It was like, uh, I was just like scrolling through like the Explore page. Or, yeah, the Explore page on Twitter. And uh, I just saw this headline from Vice. Kanye West claimed Democrats are making black people kill their children. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the next tweets, Kanye West claimed without evidence that uh, Democrats are forcing black people to abort their children and seemed to confuse Plan B with abortion. Um, I'm just fed up. I, I told one of my Republicans, like, and then I saw the, the uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweet, 
Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, remember months ago when Kanye West said, I'm done with politics, I've been used oh as a political God. pawn? Yes. What happened to that? I, yeah, that's a good question. Yo, he is just like a politician. Yeah. He just lies, and then later it's just like, oh, yeah, I said that, but, like, it's different uh-huh. now. <laughs> it's different now. I know, it's, it's something else now. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if either he tweets a lot or he took the tweet down. But oh yeah, there it is. He goes, uh, Kanye West or Jesus is King is a, is the epitome of fearless creativity and dangerous unapproved ideas. Uh, and he said Kanye West is cracking the culture code. Leftists always try to silence those who are speaking truth. They're waging a war on our family and culture. He managed to make a gospel album about politics. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that that doesn't fucking matter. Kanye is a pioneer, and I'd be willing to bet didn't even fucking listen to it. Yeah, what? Donald Trump Jr. doesn't strike me as the guy who goes around listening to gospel. Exactly. Wait, exactly, and that's why. Like, sh- so like Sean C. Like sometimes like his tweets like I kind of just kind of be like uh, like. He, he, I don't know. I just don't always agree with like what Sean C says. Uh, I don't either. Whenever I'm on our Twitter account, and I scroll through and see one of his tweets. Most of the time, I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. I'm like, I'm like just, no, that's not right. It's just kind of like, uh, you know. Like I respect his opinion. He he uh-huh. know he knows plenty about music, and I, yeah, he's definitely smart with it. But, but I mean, he, I, we just differ. We have different right. tastes completely. He had a really good response to this Donald Trump Jr. Jr. tweet though. He said, uh, "Dangerous, unapproved ideas like." The fuck? It's a gospel album. It's a, that's <laughs> not dangerous <laughs> or unapproved. Fearless creative. He made a gospel album. Chill out. Like he's not a pioneer of shit. Like he's not. Like if he's the pioneer for for Christianity and gospel music, then we're fucked. We're fucked. We are very fucked. Uh, he was like, these ideas have been popular for the majority of mankind's existence. Stop using Kanye's inconsistencies to push agendas. You don't even listen to him. <laughs> exactly. I was like, like you know. I don't understand how anybody alive can listen to Closed on Sunday, You're My Chick-fil-A, You're My Number One with Lemonade, and go, you know what? He's the best. (laughs) You know what? That is bars. Family value. And, like, I I love the always, they always appeal to family values. Like, why family values? They they have this idea of what the family's supposed to be. It's supposed to be Christian. It's supposed to be nuclear. It's supposed to be, you know, like, two two kids uh, and a wife out in the prairie and shit. Like, that's just, like, this is the problem. It is. It's a massive problem. And, like, the idea that this is innately what society is supposed to be exactly. is exactly what creates all the problems that we have right it's like in that hobo johnson song where he's talking about how how uh <laughs> pe- the uh, amoeba started growing and they yeah. left they left the sea they grew arms and legs <laughs> they see a, they see a, a a female amoeba and they <laughs> they have sex and their brains get big enough to finally understand these concepts like death and when they <laughs> when they're afraid of death they develop this concept called religion, religion. and what does religion lead to conflict and when they get all this conflict they decide you know what we need to control this let's make a government that'll control it but you know what that creates more conflict, conflict. and it's just an endless cycle conflict <laughs> yeah, it's just it never ends God, that song <laughs> oh yeah it's super dumb but it's it, it has a point it <laughs> it does but uh it's that it just seems yeah kanye just i don't be kanye this doesn't feel like kanye 
I mean, you can go the religion route and not be absurd about it. Snoop Dogg proved that. Yeah. You can drop a gospel album, go about your day, drop a rap album a year later. Like, Yo, and here's the thing. Kanye West could have done zero, zero promotion oh, yeah. and dropped a gospel album. Right. It would have been huge. Exactly. It didn't matter that he did all the Sunday service shit. Uh-huh. It didn't matter that he did all the shit. He's Kanye fucking West. Exactly. He can do anything he wants at this point, and he's going to get away with it. Yeah, right. But instead, he, he goes out of his way to be like, oh, we got a movie, we got Sunday services, we're torn, we invite only type shit. Like, it's, it seems like it's, it's a marketing ploy. It is. It, it is a marketing ploy. Even if it's not purely interested in marketing, he is marketing his album through all of these things. Exactly. It's just the it's just the outcome of it. So yeah. While Kanye West while there are few upsides to this, for the most part, it just seems fake. It just, it just seems, seems so phony. And yeah. I don't like that. Just like futuristic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, On a much grander scale. It's got it's gotta come from a real place or what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it just seems it just seems bad. That's all. It just seems bad. Yeah. Next segment. Movies. Let's talk uh, the greatest filmmaker and actor combos of all time. So, who first comes to mind for you? Honestly, I don't even know. Like, I, I think of the directors, like Scorsese, like De Niro, like I think of, or, or like uh, directors and actors like Scorsese and De Niro, and even like uh, DiCaprio and uh, Christopher Nolan, but like, you don't really know, like... You have to look into this. Yeah. You really have to look into it to see what work was because done. Because it feels so normal, like when they do it best, it feels just normal. Yeah, like... It, that's like what it's supposed to be because yeah, it's that. Right, and you you realize you're like, damn, they make a lot of movies together, and they make a lot of good movies Great together. Movies. <laughs> like, yeah. So, m- my personal best filmmaker and actor duo of all time is Martin Scorsese and Bob De Niro. I mean, you had Taxi Driver, Cape Fear, Raging Bull, The King of Comedy, Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. All-time movie, Goodfellas, oh, yeah. Casino, another great movie, and New York, New York. I mean these movies like shaped genres like yeah. taxi driver was like the first huge character study right like that yeah. was a big deal yeah and, and it was so good like these movies were these like kind of going back to what we were talking about it the other week but like it's cinema it is this is what scorsese does he makes cinema genre movies and like there's a difference between a genre movie and what marvel might do or yeah. dc might do and I mean, these these movies have gone on to influence so much. Yeah. Like the King of Comedy was almost like a direct influence on the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like Bob De Niro essentially plays the same guy. Yeah, right. 
Goodfellas. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's iconic. That's an amazing film. I need to watch. Is this still on Netflix? I'm not sure. That's a good question. No, it was. Godfather, Goodfellas, Scarface, De Niro. You see what that last run did to De Niro. I think I got that wrong. Godfather, Goodfellas, Scarface, Casino. You seen what that last one did to De Niro? I can't remember what song that was in. Yeah, what? I think it was Jay Z. I think it was uh, Jay Z. Okay. Goodfellas. I, I don't know. I'll figure it out later. Okay. But uh, that's just a great, great combo. Scorsese and De Niro. Scorsese and De Niro is definitely. Uh, they've got to be up there. Scorsese himself. I, I, I'm starting to like. Just like having all these debates about like directorial efforts and shit, like Scorsese's got to be top three easy. Oh, easy! Like I wouldn't ha- have problems putting him top one, honestly. Oh, me either. I mean, like, look at this next one. You got Martin Scorsese and Bob De Niro, right? But what about Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio? You got Gangs of New York, DiCaprio, The Aviator, The Departed, Shutter Island, and Wolf of Wall Street. And, like, The Aviator and The Wolf of Wall Street are at least 10 years apart, right? Yeah. Yeah, Gangs in New York even was, like, 2002, I'd guess. And that's crazy, too, because I feel like DiCaprio, for me at least, wasn't hugely recognizable until, like, 2010s. Oh, I disagree completely. I I, I just wasn't into those type of movies, though. Oh, yeah, but he was hugely recognizable to... He was a big deal. Okay. I mean, he was in Titanic. He was in... Oh, uh, shit, I forget. He was uh, in Titanic. Who Ate Gilbert Grape. Uh, I don't think that's what that's called. Uh, who Ate Gilbert Grape? I've never heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. But he was... Uh, what's, <laughs> eating, what's Eating Gilbert Grape? What's Eating That was Gilbert in 1993. Grape. Damn. Yeah, he's he's been around for a minute. Okay. And he, he was a big deal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Wolf of Wall Street. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a it's it's such an interesting movie. And it's it's just another character study that yeah. Scorsese did. Right. And that that movie is so fucking good. He does gritty character studies in like the best way. That movie was so elegantly done because the way they portrayed Jordan Belfort, uh-huh. that dude was not good. Oh yeah. Not a good dude. Yeah. But they portrayed him in a way that you were like, I, I kinda root for this guy yeah. for some reason. You're like, hey, I've been getting dirty money, money Jordan Belford, stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Oh, it's so uh, good. That shit was fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to have to do an entire episode about Wolf of Wall Street because I took scene-by-scene notes oh, of shit. the movie Wolf of Wall Street. God damn. We can talk about that shit. We can talk about it. It's a but, long uh, movie. It is. It's three hours. Shit. It took me a while. It took me two days. God damn. <laughs> I, did, I did half of them one day, half the, okay. half the next day. But... Uh, those those are our Martin Scorsese combos, right? Okay. Uh, let's let's do a these uh, Quentin Tarantino combos with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. You have Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, The Hateful Eight, Django Unchained. Those are all amazing like, movies. Ta- does Tarantino make bad movies? Honestly, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is not getting the like reception that I thought it would. I, I imagine was, that'll be looked back on fondly. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a very big deal now. Because, like, when people are talking about movies of the year and stuff, like, they're not talking about... They're not talking they're about They're talking about time. the Knives Out movie that's going to come out, oh, The I'm Irishman. So the Irishman, you, that's going to be another Scorsese De Niro. Or, uh, isn't, isn't it already out? No, it's about oh, to come it's out. It's about to come out. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, but, yeah, Irishman, another Scorsese De Niro movie that's coming yeah. out. I mean, so good. So good. 
But yeah, Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson, I mean, we've talked about Pulp Fiction before. Mm-hmm. Jackie Brown, that's a pretty underrated movie when you're talking about Tarantino films. Oh, yeah. No, it is. It It's one of it's one of my favorites, personally, uh-huh. but you don't hear about it very often. No. It uh, did, I don't know if it had as much shock value. It didn't. It didn't. It was ones. just a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Django Unchained, though, that's widely viewed as Tarantino's best work. Yeah. So... I mean, and The Hateful Eight was good. Yeah, like, it was. These were all really, really good movies. And <laughs> Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson, they just they, just, they go together. And they do it in, in very interesting ways, and I feel like Samuel L. Jackson is good for Tarantino because Tarantino just writes in, like, these very overt ways, and, and Samuel L. Jackson is just, like, I don't know. He's just, like, a real stabilizing force. Yeah, I was going to say, I think... I think Samuel L. Jackson's really good for Tarantino because uh-huh. if he didn't have Samuel L. Jackson, such a well-respected, yeah. huge actor uh-huh. that was writing for him, yeah, I think Tarantino might get shit on for a lot of the writing. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, no, because it can get it. It can definitely get a little bit too much. Uh huh. But with Samuel L. Jackson, like you said, he is that stabilizing force that yeah. helps rein it in. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm, like, oh. Even in uh, like the the first scene of Pulp Fiction, like you're just kind of like, what is happening? Yeah. And then, but you, you like you don't care about what's happening because like Samuel Jackson's just being Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Just like, like I mean, I watch motherfucker. it. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Quentin Tarantino and honestly John Travolta as well are John very Travolta. lucky that Samuel yeah. L. Jackson was starring in that movie. But I guess it's fucked John Travolta now too. Yeah, I mean, you follow Scientology, man. It's hard. God, fuck you. John Travolta, Scientologist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Quentin Tarantino and Uma. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. The mother of Maya Hawke, who was in Stranger Things Season 3 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But Quentin Tarantino and Uma Thurman, undeniably iconic combo. Pulp Fiction and the Kill Bill movies. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, you just, like, you, I almost associate her just as much with Tarantino movies is Tarantino himself. Oh yeah, me too. Like if I hear Uma Thurman, those those are the movies. Yeah, those right. That's it. Yeah, that's the I shit. I mean, I'm right sure there. she does other things. Oh, she's done plenty of other stuff. Yeah. She is a she's a great actress. Uh-huh. But I mean, like those are my. That's Uma Thurman. Yeah, you that's, know? Uma, that's Uma Thurman. I, I I see her laying down on that bed with the cigarette in her hand, with her feet up in the air. You know, the cover of Pulp Fiction. It's just classic. It is classic. Like there's something about it that's just undeniable. Yeah. Another uh, another duo for Quentin Tarantino is Brad Pitt. They've done uh, Inglorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh-huh. which that's not as many movies as these ones we've been doing, yeah. but those are two really good movies. Brad Pitt just doesn't tend to be in bad movies. Like, Oh, yeah, if Brad Pitt's in it, it's probably going to be good. And I've, I've always kind of had a lot of respect for Brad Pitt in that way because he makes good decisions on which movies he's going to work on. Oh, for sure, and... His production company does a lot. Really? A lot of work. Like a ton. It's kind of crazy. But uh, Tarantino and Brad Pitt, Inglorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I haven't seen Inglorious Bastards in a while, mm-hmm. so I, I don't remember it all that well. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, fucking great yeah, movie. I loved Brad Pitt in that movie. I think we, we talked about that on the podcast, didn't we? Briefly, we've never actually really dove into Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Huh. I'd have to watch it again Me too. just to refresh my memory. But we should do that. We should have just like yeah. a, a couple series of episodes where we talk about movies by themselves and yeah. break them down. Uh-huh. Kind of like with Mr. Robot, which uh, we have episodes weekly covering <laughs> those. 
Check Mr. it out. Mr. Robot. If you have friends who watch Mr. Robot, show them our podcast. Show them. Tell them. But yeah, Quentin Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson, Quentin Tarantino and Uma Thurman. Those two, that's uh, that's, that's second to Martin Scorsese, Bob De Niro, and yeah. Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio for me. Yeah. I mean, we got some more coming later that'll that'll definitely work their way uh-huh. up that list. But uh, those those are undeniable right there. Yeah, those are good. Um, the Coen Brothers and George Clooney. These movies are not as iconic mm-hmm. as the ones I've already named, but uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou was a really good movie. Burn After Reading was a solid comedy. And Hail Caesar, I haven't actually seen, but it got a lot of critical acclaim. Okay. Uh George Clooney is a great actor, too. George Clooney is a great actor, yeah. And the Coen brothers are so good. I love the way they write. They did uh, The Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. and Burn After Reading is an amazing movie. That also has Brad Pitt in it. Mm. I mean, that, not it, much it, more to say it, there. It's George Clooney. George like, Clooney. He doesn't fail. Like When that man got married, like at like how, how old was he? I don't know. There's no he's, telling. He's, he's, that guy could be... That guy, you could tell me he's 40... You could tell me that man's 65, and I believe you. Oh, yeah. No. He just pulls it off. Uh, no matter what, that dude looks good. Yeah. That dude's a pimp. He, he Rolling is. like a pimp. <laughs> but uh, next up, we got Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen. Personally, probably my favorite on this list. <laughs> my favorite combo. Not the best, but my favorite. Uh-huh. I mean, you got The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Iconic movie. Iconic. You got Knocked Up. Iconic comedy. You've got funny people. Not as iconic, but still great. Mm -hmm. And then Pineapple Express. Come on. I just actually watched that for the first time a couple weeks ago. And I was just like, like, uh, the whole time I was just kind of like, what the fuck? Dude, it is hilarious though, isn't it? The the opening scene with Bill Hader Mm -hmm. uh, smoking a joint when they're Uh like testing marijuana. Yeah. And he's like, (laughs) He's talking about how the system is like corrupt, and he's like he's like laughing his ass off and everything. Yeah. And then like a general goes and picks up the phone. And he's like, uh, "Project B fifty two, illegal." <laughs> 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 and like, I, like that's exactly how I imagine yeah. it happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> illegal. <laughs> it's a uh, that's one of my favorite comedies ever. And Seth Rogen and James Franco together. You got them and and that, and then the interview. Oh, great movie. The interview. Yo, the fact that Seth Rogen caused an international crisis Yo. <laughs> is the best thing Ridiculous. that's ever happened. <laughs> Honestly, like the fact that like North Korea was like actually like, nah, fuck that shit, yo, we hacking your ass. Like, yeah, exactly. Like there were very, <laughs> there were two very different ways that could have gone. Mm-hmm. The movie's well perceived. Yeah. It's very funny. It becomes a, a cult classic. Yeah. Which... You could argue it has. Yeah. Or nuclear annihilation. <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> a movie. A, a goddamn movie. movie. Like, there's got to be shit worse than that that exactly. we've said about North Korea. Right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Take it but, personal. But, you know, Seth Rogen's one of my favorite comedians of all time. I just, <laughs> I identify a lot with him. I feel mm-hmm. like we're pretty similar dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Next one, I've got Seth Rogen as the filmmaker and Jonah Hill mm. as the actor. Mm-hmm. We've got Sausage Party, which was an animated movie that Seth Rogen wrote, but Jonah Hill was like the main voice in that. Uh, this is the end, which I don't know if you if you ever watched that movie. It was about the end of the world, and like a ton of celebrities playing themselves were in this movie, and it was a, 
about the world crumbling around them. Oh, this is the end. Shit, I and didn't it, think I've ever it's seen It's funny that. as shit, too. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while, but uh-huh. it is so funny. It's got, like, Michael Sarah, James Franco, oh, Seth Rogen, like, so many great actors. Mm-hmm. Um, the Watch, which I didn't know was written by Seth Rogen. Huh. The Watch has uh, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill. Oh, there's someone else in it. I can't remember, but it is hilarious and one of the most underrated comedies mm. I've ever seen. I went and saw it in theaters with a friend and his mom. Uh-huh. And there's this scene where there's like this massive orgy and like it's it's full frontal like you you were watching an orgy God in damn. this movie. And <laughs> his, his mom immediately was like just covered her eyes. Oh, wait, how old were you? I don't know. This movie came out when we were like 12. <laughs> Ah, we, we were probably older than that. Let me look it up real quick. God damn, 12, you should not have been watching that movie. Oh, I've seen... <laughs> I was I went and saw Blades of Glory with uh, Will Ferrell when I was yeah. seven. <laughs> with my dad. You? Oh, my God. Yeah, okay, well, I mean, that makes sense, though. <laughs> yeah, I turned out fine. 2012, yeah, I was 12. <laughs> 12 years old. I'm really good at guessing the year on movies. Yeah. Because a second ago when I said Gangs of New York, I'd guess 2002. I looked it up. It was 2002. 2002. I looked up this. I was 12. It was 2012. There you go. God, I'm so good. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then the iconic all-time comedy, Superbad. Yeah, that's just... Which is actually Seth Rogen wrote that in high school about his high school experience. That's that's the mark of a genius. The the, the donut came out in high school. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a fucking movie, dude! I love that movie so much. The next one, another great comedy duo. Got Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. They did Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, and the other guys. Those are like four of Will Ferrell's most famous films. Oh yeah, no. I wonder what it would be like to be on the set of one of these movies. Well, what's fascinating is uh, most of Will Ferrell's work, the writing isn't, like, complete. It's like, Uh, this is the idea of the scene, uh improv, and just get where you need to go. Yeah. So, and that's always the mark of just, like, comedic genius. Like, these dudes are fucking hilarious because they can carry a scene and push a story forward and make it absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was something I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was a Dax Shepard's podcast and he had mm-hmm. Seth Rogen on as the guest. And he was talking about how he's, as time has progressed, he's grown more fond of movies that are actually written out mm-hmm. instead of improv. Because in improv, you never know what might happen in a scene. So they're shot pretty basically yeah. and generically. But with scenes that are written out, yeah. You can you can do cinematography. Yeah, you, you can, can do like beautiful shit with yeah. the movie, which I agree with completely. And when you go back and watch these movies, you notice things like that. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, like that. I never even thought about yeah, that, but definitely... like that makes perfect sense. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Those are the best Will Ferrell movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Talladega Nights, especially. I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> it's Anchorman. The man punted Baxter. <laughs> Dude kicked his dog off a bridge. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. That's God, the kind dude. of comedy that's, that's in that that's movie, Will though. Ferrell. It is. I mean, is I mean, sad. Anchorman had Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, David Kushner, and they, and it also had Steve Carell. That's a fucking cast, that's man. That's a movie. That's that a is movie. a cast right there. It, uh, and then Talladega Nights had John C. Riley. I mean, Step Brothers had John yep. C. Riley. 
the other guys. You had Mark Wahlberg, Dwayne Johnson, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Did you, were you at my uh, graduation party? Yes. And the guy showed up and yeah. he was dressed like Ron Burgundy? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. I completely forgot about that. I was so that. confused. I had no, like, that wasn't, I think it was Adam's mom just, like, did that, like. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She just did it. Like, That's hilarious. I was like, y'all didn't tell anyone. Like When I was 13, I ran an Anchorman meme Instagram account that I didn't check for months. And when I opened it, it had like 12,000 followers. What the fuck? And I was like, wait a second. Wait. I could have been, been using this <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Oh, my God. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Uh. But like, yeah. I, <laughs> but like, that was hilarious. Like, looking back, I just like post quotes from the movie. Maybe we need to go make sure hip hop air isn't like blowing up. Oh, yeah. We might have to check that out. <laughs> I doubt it is. I doubt Twitter's it a is. very different world than Instagram. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Another great, great comedy duo. Next, we're, uh, we're going to get into some more, uh, critically great cinema here. Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands, Sleepy Hollow, Corpse Bride, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Sweeney Todd, and Alice in Wonderland. I mean, yeah, you know, it's Johnny Depp. And I hate that the dude's a piece of shit because yeah. he's a great actor. He is. But like he sucks. Yeah. I want to uh what, what was that what was that Rick and Morty episode? I want to do cocaine with you Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, with uh, <laughs> with Jerry when he's looking in the yeah. virtual reality oh, glasses. Yeah. He's like <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I would love to do cocaine with you." <laughs> that guy is also an anchor man. The voice oh, the shit, voice of really? Jerry is also an anchor man. Oh damn. But yeah. Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. I mean, Edward Scissorhands was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Charlie and the Chocolate Chocolate Factory has grown to be like an iconic film. I don't Johnny Depp doesn't even you, you can't even tell it's him. That man disappears into a role. He like he is good. Yeah. He is a great actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, just unbelievable. Like my favorite, my personal favorite role of his is Captain Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. I loved, loved the Pirates of the Caribbean when I was little. The only person that I did. was Captain Jack Sparrow for Halloween. Seriously, several years ago. <laughs> That's awesome. Damn oh yeah, gosh. I had the whole thing. I had a bandana. I had a wig. I. Painted, uh, I painted like a mustache uh-huh. and stuff on my face. I had like eyes painted on my eyelids. So, oh like, damn! <laughs> I, I went all out. I was wearing yeah. like pirate garb. It was dope. Shit, that sounds dope. I should have thought about that. <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna be 11 this year for Halloween. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, are you going trick or treating? No, I walk around. I walk around with my little brother though. Okay, okay. While he goes trick or treating. Why don't you go trick or treat? Well, he gives me his candy. <laughs> <laughs> he gives me a piece every now okay, and then, okay. and I'm cool with that. Every now and then. But yeah, if you'd have told me uh, ten years ago that I'd be going as a girl, a, f- a 14 year old girl for Halloween when I'm 19, I'd. Who I'd are been like, you? I'm a 14 year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Eleven. <laughs> Gotten candy. I'm played by Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> but yeah, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Amazing actor, Tim Burton, amazing filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Like, arguably one of the best filmmakers on this list. Oh, yeah. I put him, as of right now, of all the ones we've named, top three. Oh, Scorsese, yeah. Tarantino, and mm-hmm. Tim Burton. Next up, we got uh, Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan. They've made three movies together. And all of them, all of them are fucking amazing. Like, that, these, they only need three, like, to, to be up here. 
on this list? Fruitvale Station, Creed, and Black Panther. Like, like two, two, two out of at least two out of three of those are classics. You I, can pick which two, but exactly, yeah, you like, can pick any of the three. Yeah, like. at least two of them are classics, though. Yeah, and like. The one I'd argue that isn't quite a classic is Fruitvale Station, and mm-hmm. that's just because it's so difficult to watch because it's so fucking painful. Honestly, I, I was going to say... It hurts my soul to watch that movie. I was going to say that one is a classic because of that reason. And it is, yeah. Like, in that regard, Everyone remembers Fruitvale. Like, like, there's probably a whole generation of kids who, like, who are our age who learned about that event from that movie. Like, oh, I, I did. I did. Yeah, I, I did. No, I, I had no clue that that had happened. I, I didn't like, either. And, God, I, I can't like, even think about that last scene without it, like, just destroying me, I, During it, when or when they played the actual footage, I was just, like, my heart, like, dropped. I was like, wait, this is a real story? Like, oh, it's terrible. I was just like, you can't, this actually happened. And I looked it up, and it happened just as, as the they depicted it. back. Like, what the hell? Oh, uh, I... Oh, I fucking hate it. It like <laughs> actually makes me angry to think about. But uh, Creed has actually been like widely regarded mm-hmm. as one of the best movies from the entire Rocky series. Oh yeah. Like I've heard like Rocky stands say Creed is like the second best of uh-huh. all the movies. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, it's it's a really good movie. It's a it's a good. Oh, like, it is. It's one of my favorite sport movies of yeah. all time. Mm-hmm. It does a great job of just being Philadelphia, like modern-day oh, Philadelphia. so good. And I, I like the little homage to Sylvester Stallone running yeah. through the streets and Michael B. Jordan running uh-huh. through the streets. That's like that's one of my favorite scenes in that yeah, movie. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, what a, oh, what a movie. Uh-huh. And uh, we just read earlier that Ryan Coogler wrote that movie from, like, personal mm-hmm. personal events. Like, he, he says that movie reminds him a lot of his relationship with his dad. Yeah. And that it's painful for him to even revisit the story of it. Uh-huh. And that's part of the reason why he didn't come back to direct and write Creed Two. That's real shit. That is real shit. And that's how you know the shit was meaningful and exactly. good. When the writer and director of the movie can't even go back and revisit it because it, it, yeah. it means that much to uh-huh. him. It's crazy. It is. We've got a Fuqua and Denzel Washington. <laughs> Training Day, Equalizer, Magnificent Seven, Equalizer Two. Equalizer Two. I mean, Training Day is enough to get them on there. Oh yeah, Training no, Day is Training a fucking Day is great just movie. A great, yeah. First I, time I watched that, I was like, Denzel is like the one. Oh, Denzel is the one. Fun fact: Did you know Will Smith turned down the role of the one, Keanu Reeves's role in The Matrix? It could have been Will Smith. I would have fucked with that. Heavily, I would fuck with Will Smith in anything, honestly. Yeah, you replace any main character with Will Smith, I might, I'm probably down. Yeah, it's 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 Will fucking Smith. Have you heard about this new movie that it just came out with, Gemini Man? The Gemini Man, yeah, and that's intriguing. It's kind of the same, not the same idea as The Irishman, but they're using the very similar technology because The Irishman is supposed to take. It makes Robert De Niro, a 70 plus year old man, look like he's 20. Really. For the beginning of the movie, and he, he ages throughout the movie. Okay. Yeah, and but with the Gemini Man, you got Will Smith, who he mm-hmm. is now, facing off with his younger self. Mm-hmm. And like... Which is like a totally CGI-generated version of him, but it's still him. It's still dope. It yeah. was like, yeah, I was watching something about that movie, and they were like, yeah, like, like the story wasn't all that, which you could kind of tell from the trailer. Oh, yeah, like, I don't... I, I expect it to be highly entertaining. I don't yeah. expect it to be that But they great. were like, it was just kind of a spectacle, uh... 
like the, apparently only only 14 theaters in the United States could show it at its um uh, at its like recorded frame rate like really yeah because the it was, there's just so many frames in the movie well, there has that they to recorded be recorded but yeah Fuqua and Denzel Washington they've made some great movies together i mean yeah. the equalizer that's a that's a pretty underrated like action movie i mean mm-hmm. you got like that's one up there with like the John Wick and Bourne stuff for me. Like yeah. I think the Equalizer is that good. Yeah. I haven't seen Equalizer 2 yet though. Next up, let's talk Christopher Nolan and Michael Caine. Mm. Got the Batman trilogy. You got The Prestige. You've got Interstellar, Inception, and Dunkirk. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, like let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. He did all the Batman trilogy. Uh-huh. He did Interstellar, undeniably one of the best movies of all time, in my opinion. One of the, yeah, yeah. Inception, widely regarded as one of the best movies uh-huh. of all time. And Dunkirk, which is like a recent Marvel in cinema that I didn't yeah. even realize was a Marvel in cinema. Yeah. Like, the man makes movies. And, like, nobody really gives him credit for it, weirdly enough. Yeah, like, the only time I ever hear about Christopher Nolan is when we're talking about the Batman trilogy. Mm-hmm. I don't hear about him. Like, I didn't know Christopher Nolan did Interstellar until yeah. I, I was doing the research for this segment. Uh-huh. And I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. No, I, and I, every time I read, I, I, I know I've been told that he did it before, but I always forget, and that's, like, how it happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, those aren't even, like, all of the movies that he's done. Those are just the movies that he's done with Michael With Michael Caine. Caine. Yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Which, that's got to say something about Michael Caine, too. It probably does. The fact that he, he goes to him for, like, the movies that he knows are going to just probably. Exactly. I mean, he dope. did Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. He did uh, The Inception. He did The Prestige. Memento. I didn't know he did Memento. Yeah, look at his director credits. Memento, yeah. I, I didn't even realize he did Memento. Yeah. That's a That was a big, big movie. Uh-huh. But yeah, the ones that we said were most of his huge movies. Yeah. So credit Michael, to Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Get the fact that Christopher Nolan's willing to go to him and say, mm-hmm. yo, I want you in this movie. I need you. But yeah, that's, that's some fucking filmmaking, that's dude. That's some filmmaking. And he... What's interesting is his, he also kind of has a niche because like when you like look at these movies and you watch them, they are pretty similar and they're mm-hmm. like, just in the way they feel like Interstellar yeah. and The Dark Knight Rises are pretty similar movies right. in the way they're like shot and everything uh-huh. and like. Yeah, he definitely has a style. He, de- he has a style and it's very cool. Next up, another great, great duo, Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. I mean, Tom those Hanks. two are like the top of their field. Yeah, no, like you are. look at Steve, like Steven Spielberg, iconic. iconic. Tom Hanks, iconic. iconic. Like, oh, apparently the uh, the Mister Rogers movie is supposed to be awesome. Oh, too. I've heard that is amazing. Yeah, which they, I didn't and, I didn't anticipate it to be that good. Uh-huh. But like, I'm really intrigued. I really want to go yeah, see it. Apparently, now. they made a whole the whole movie like in the form of an episode of the show. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I saw the preview the other day, and it like gave me chills. Where like they uh, they sing the uh, Mister Rogers song to him on the subway. Oh yeah, yeah. And he goes, "That was amazing!" Like he was just such a happy dude. That dude. And like Mister Rogers is an icon. He's he is an icon. The only person I feel like who could capture Mr. his Mr. essence. Tom, Tom Hanks. Is Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks had to do it. I mean, and 
these are some great movies that Tom Hanks has been in, and mm-hmm. I would argue these aren't even the best movies Tom Hanks oh, has been no. in. Oh, no. I mean, one of them probably, Saving Private Ryan. Okay, yeah. That's widely regarded as the be- one of the best movies of all time. Yeah. But uh, Catch Me If You Can, that's a great movie. Bridge of Spies, great movie. The Terminal, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's good. Mm-hmm. And The Post. The Post was fucking good. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, both of them separately and together have had iconic mm-hmm. careers. Exactly. I wonder if uh, Forrest Gump w- would be bigger than Private Saving Private Ryan. Oh, I, I, I'd, I'd label it bigger than that. Yeah. Because you can say the name Forrest Gump and pretty much anyone alive mm-hmm. knows who that is. Yeah. Yeah. Forrest Gump. It's Forrest Gump. I mean, that's, that's Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Let's see who did Forrest Gump. Yeah, I'm not actually sure who did that one. Forrest Gump was... The director was Robert Zemeckis. Huh. Who did Back to the Future. Ah. And Flight with oh. Denzel. Oh. Oh, shit. Damn, Flight. That movie... I remember that, that movie. Yeah, he's done, he's done some movies. A Christmas Carol... Monster House. It's crazy how like some of the best. The Polar Express. You don't hear about for so long. Yeah, and like I, I didn't realize Robin Wright was in that. I forgot she was Jenny. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jenny. Damn, that was Jenny. Yeah, it's crazy because I, I I think of Robin Wright and I think House of Cards. Yeah, I think House of Cards. I completely forgot she was Jenny. Yeah, me too. But yeah. Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Spielberg Great and duo. Tom Hanks. And the last one that will uh ah uh, no we got two more got two more uh, let's go with uh, David O Russell and Jennifer Lawrence here. You got Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, and Joy. I've seen Silver Linings Playbook and I've seen American Hustle, mm-hmm. and both those movies to me are good enough to get them on here. Okay. Silver Linings Playbook, I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. I love Bradley Cooper. I rem- Yeah, I remember hearing it. That movie was a big one when it came out. Yeah, and then American Hustle, that, was, that wasn't that was as good of a movie, but it was exciting because uh-huh. it had, like, it had Bradley Cooper, it had Ryan Gosling, like, uh-huh. it had all these huge, yeah. huge actors, so uh-huh. it was exciting to watch. Okay. But, yeah, I, I also just wanted to get another actress on here, besides Uma Thurman, uh-huh. because... And in my opinion, this says more about the movie <laughs> industry than it does about us for having so few women on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they definitely, uh, yeah, there's definitely not. Yeah, we a had lot Uma and women. Jennifer Lawrence. Like, there, there has to be more. I just couldn't find any. Yeah. But lastly, let's talk Spike Lee and Denzel Washington. And honestly, their big movie is really just Malcolm X. I mean, he got game was pretty big too. Yeah, he got game was pretty big, but Malcolm X just is. That's that's the movie. It's the movie. Like that. That's probably the movie of whatever decade that came out. It's the movie of that decade. I think it came out in like ninety two. It's pretty. It's a pretty old movie. Much older than I thought. Yeah, it is. I guess it would be a little old. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking the nineties, it's not exact. Yeah, ninety two. Damn, look at you. Here I go again. Killing it. Uh, there wasn't a lot of iconic cinema in mm-hmm. the 90s. Right. You know? Like, I have, I have like, a list in my phone of, like, every year 
Uh-huh. And then like I like the best movies from each year. Yeah. Just for like segments down the line. Uh-huh. But when I think about it, like eighties are more iconic than the nineties, I'd argue that like ever like two thousand through now, even more iconic than the nineties. Oh, like yeah. the nineties while not as iconic as them is extremely underrated. Mm-hmm. There are some great movies from the nineties. Oh, yeah, really and Malcolm great. X is certainly, certainly uh-huh. one of them. But yeah, Denzel Washington and Spike Lee, man. They can't killed refuse shit. Them. You cannot. Next segment. Next segment? Next segment. Already? Yeah. That Wait. was like forty minutes, dude. That was a long segment. Shit. Well, alright. El Chapo? El Chapo Junior. I haven't listened to this in a minute. Got a trap, El Chapo Junior. I'm the king of the trap. El Chapo Junior. Yeah, El Chapo Junior. Yeah, El Chapo Junior. Yeah, El Chapo Junior. It's so good. Remember that song by uh the game, El Chapo. Oh, I am the god, 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 god. Yeah, that was that was a weird one. That was a weird one, but it went it went hard. I listened to it. All right, last segment. We're going to talk some television. Unfortunately, Tavares hasn't watched BoJack Horseman. Unfortunately. He will have to, and he will. will. Because we're going to be talking about this series as a whole when it wraps up in January. So, the first part of BoJack Horseman Season 6 came out. And uh, BoJack Horseman's voiced by Will Arnett. So, you already got a pretty pretty big actor there. Yeah. But uh, there were some feature... Uh, feature voices that like were pretty big deals. You got Lakeith Stanfield was oh, in this season. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Simmons, who's been a recurring mm-hmm. recurring voice throughout the series, but he was in this again. Uh, Sam Richardson, mm-hmm. who uh, I liked him in uh, Mike and Dave Need yeah. Wedding Dates. Uh, Hillary Swank, <laughs> who I who is most well known for me because of The Office, uh-huh. the argument about whether or not. Uh, Hillary Swank was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Swank, hot or not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Patton Oswald and Weird Al. Weird Al. Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I mean, did you see Paul Rudd was Weird Al for oh, Halloween? Oh yeah, yeah. While his that. daughter was the yeah, they're like the perfect opportunity. Perfect for opportunity Paul for Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man. <laughs> and he was like, no, like I'm yeah. gonna be Weird Al. I'm gonna be Weird Al. Yeah. I'm really glad that Luke Keith Stanfield is is kind of getting a lot of bigger roles. Like, oh, he is. He's, he's in he's in the um, the Knives Out movie and the um, he's in the uh, Safdie Brothers movie with Adam Sandler. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, in both of those movies, are expected to be like two of the top movies of the year. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Knives Out looks good. Knives Out looks good as hell. Like, I'm really excited yeah. for that. But anyway. BoJack Horseman Season 6. As far as plug your ears. Uh, uh, okay, okay. So, we get a new title sequence in this season. And it is, uh, it's much more poetic than the one that they've used for the first five seasons. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's much more representative of what he's gone through so far. Mm-hmm. It, like, literally takes you on a journey throughout the seasons oh, okay. as it progresses. Yeah. And, uh... 
they do this thing this season where they sh- represent his blackouts uh-huh. from alcohol. Yeah. Where it like burns away. So it would like burn into a new thing and it would just be like he woke up there. <laughs> he just woke up there. Yeah, and like this season's largely about his time in rehab. And uh for the first time in the entire series, you finally get a glimmer of hope for Bojack Horseman. Mm-hmm. Because that dude he's he's not he for the first several seasons, he's he was not a great dude. Yeah. Not a great dude. And he wanted to be a great dude. Uh-huh. He just wasn't. Yeah. And in this season, and I'm assuming in the coming season, in the coming part of the same season, uh-huh. we really see why he's become the way he is. Yeah. And I really, really appreciate that. Okay. Um, we get a... Uh, every time there's uh, alcohol shown... From the perspective of Bojack Horseman, mm-hmm. it has uh, the look of a of the stars in the sky, because it represents the planetarium, and uh, I won't say anything now, but something pretty fucking massive happens in a planetarium to Bojack Horseman. Okay, I'm assuming he was drunk. Uh yeah, <laughs> he was. Yeah, he was drunk, high. He was everything. But uh, what happened there? More so in this season than any other season, we see how much it affected him. Uh-huh. Like, it was bad. Yeah. We uh, When he's in rehab, we uh, see him go through withdrawal briefly, which uh, I'd obviously known he was an addict, but, like, I didn't realize how reliant he was on drugs and shit because, like, he went through it uh-huh. when he got to rehab, and I was damn. like, damn, I didn't realize he was doing drugs that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and then... uh. I mean, I just loved the use of the planetarium imagery. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it was perfect. And uh, we learned that Bojack Horseman's been dyeing his hair. So his hair's not actually black. It's gray. Oh, shit. And he finally accepts that his hair's gray in mm-hmm. this season. which Because he, he's growing. Yeah, he's finally he's maturing. Old. And uh, he, he accepted the fact that his hair's gray. Uh-huh. And it, I, liked, I, li- I appreciated that. I yeah. was like, we're finally seeing some growth here. There's some growth. And... Uh, Another thing is we don't even really see the inside of his house very much except for, like, a tiny bit of this season. Really? And and that's because, like, where his house sits, he, like, sits up on a hill overlooking all of Hollywood mm-hmm. and Los Angeles. And that was always supposed to represent, like, his, uh, his isolation yeah. and how he always thought he was above everyone else. Uh-huh. So now he never goes back to that house. Oh, okay, okay. And I, I appreciated that too. Yeah. Like it's it's a really elegantly written show. Uh-huh. Seems like it. Uh, and they actually flat out say that's what the house represents in season five when Rami Malek voices a voices uh, a character. Really. And he uh, he talks about how Filbert, a character that Bojack plays, uh, is on a hill of his own isolation and mm. it's what it's supposed to represent. And he's like, this house looks exactly like my house. <laughs> That's the point of that season yeah. too is Filbert's house is, is Bojack's house. Uh-huh. They just <laughs> built an entire set <laughs> that looked exactly like uh-huh. it. But yeah, it's a, uh, it was really good, dude. Uh, another thing that happened in this season, you have a, uh, have I ever told you about Mr. Peanut Butter? I don't think so. Well, he's a yellow lab. Okay. So the, the premise in this show oh, is that, I know is that humans yeah. and animals live mm-hmm. cohesively. And uh, <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter is the goofiest fuck alive. <laughs> he, uh, 
his joke every time he sees BoJack Horseman is, BoJack Horseman, Mr. Peanut Butter in the same room? Is this a crossover episode? <laughs> because in the 90s, he had a show called Mr. Peanut Butter's House, uh-huh. which was a complete ripoff of BoJack's show called oh Horsin' Around. <laughs> so every time he sees uh-huh. BoJack, he goes, what is this, a crossover, crossover? episode? Mm. And they uh, finally get to a point in the series where they visit the set of Mr. Peanut Butter's House, and BoJack's like, guess you finally got your uh, crossover episode. Uh-huh. And he goes, oh, no, oh, is this happening? Is this happening? <laughs> is this Can we ha- finally do it? <laughs> and, and then, like, <laughs> he, like, can't get through the scene because he's so excited. Yeah. And I just loved that, like, that BoJack was willing to finally humor him in that. Yeah, because that's it's, funny. Because it's always been kind of like a... Bojack beats down on Mr. Peanut Butter, and Mr. Peanut Butter always just kind of like takes it and bounces yeah. off of him because yeah. he's a dog. Like that's oh my god! Yeah. So it's just kind of like oh yeah, I'm a dog. I like everything. I'm so happy. <laughs> but he gets real sometimes, and it's it's refreshing when uh-huh. he does. <laughs> but yeah, this is one of my favorite shows like ever. That's period. Funny. Yeah, there is a uh, an assistant named Judah. He was the uh, assistant to Princess Carolyn. Mm-hmm. He comes back this season, and. Uh, Judah was always a pretty cool character. He was really robotic, mm-hmm. and he never really talked about anything other than work. He always just kind of stayed on task. He never really sensed any uh, joking in anybody's voice. He always just kind of talked like this, and it never stopped. Interesting voice. But he was a very likable character, uh-huh. even though he was so fucking boring. Yeah. Like, the dude <laughs> is completely boring, but... The reason he's likable is because every now and then he'll show you that pinch of emotion, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, he has a heart. Oh. <laughs> and uh, another this is the last little thing I'll say about it The at the end of the uh, second to last episode of this season mm-hmm. so there's eight episodes at the end of episode seven uh, Bojack goes to a horse church and at the end of the service the pastor goes over to him and he says it looks like you took some solace in uh, in our service stick around for 30 more minutes and we'll start over. The last episode's 30 minutes. The second part of season six is where we start over. Wait, what do you mean start over, though? It's like get a fresh start. Oh. And I, I, I liked that. like I, mm-hmm. Because that's that's what this entire series has kind of been about for BoJack, is he's trying to get a fresh start. Yeah. So that little nod was really reassuring for me. I really liked that a lot. Excuse you. Uh, you know shit happens shit happens Uh, but uh yeah so he says stick around for another 30 minutes and then and we'll start over Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like oh that's cool because like you stick around through this last episode then we start over get get the second part of the season Uh, it's just good writing like I I appreciate that Uh but yeah Bojack Horseman it, it gives Rick and Morty a run for its money for me really my favorite animated series okay and it's Eight seasons in? Six. Six. Yeah, six seasons. And uh, it's it's being wrapped up like this. Uh-huh. It's not getting canceled. This is the last season. They knew it was the last season going in. Okay. So that's that's assuring. Uh-huh. I like that a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and it is, it can get dark, dude. It can be a sad, sad show. It seems like it. But it's a lot of stuff about rehab and drug abuse and shit. Oh yeah, it's it is largely about depression and anxiety and addiction mm-hmm. and all these things because there's there's a character that represents something different everywhere you look. Mm-hmm. Like Bojack represents depression and throughout most of it Diane Nguyen represents anxiety. Princess Carolyn uh 
represents like FOMO for work, mm-hmm. and uh, Mr. Peanut Butter represents uh, ignorance is bliss. That's yeah. just kind of the way he is. Yeah, there you go. And I, I, I'm worried that Mr. Peanut Butter is going to like realize how sad he is or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm really worried about because I like Mr. Peanut Butter. He's a good dude. Isn't at that heart. the fear you have with every dog though? <laughs> oh, it is. It's the absolute. It's it's the nightmare it's like, what for if, a dog what if owner. My dog got depressed. Oh, it's oh, I hate uh. it. I hate thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, think about it though. <laughs> like, <laughs> like like dogs, their life is you. Yeah. They're not your life. Yeah, exactly. So, like, when you go away for a couple hours and you come back. What they be doing? And dog years are like, a dog year is seven years. How long's an hour to them? What the fuck? <laughs> God damn, are they like a different person when we come back at night? Oh, I, I hate thinking about it because I like, love my dogs. They're just like, it's been months. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't you seen you been? in days. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, BoJack Horseman is... Easily one of my favorite and most well-written shows I've ever I've ever watched. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. For sure. So, that's episode 28. 28 of them. 28 of them. That's a lot of episodes. Racking We're really doing up. the shit. Racking them up. Yeah, so... Uh, bring them up, bring them up. Show it to you when you got grills in your mouth. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, we, have already, we will have already reached 500 all-time downloads, which is cool. That would be cool. I've I've reiterated how difficult it is to grow a podcast multiple times on air. So try and do us a solid. Share with your friends if you think they'd be interested. Uh, if there's any topics that in the past we've done that you you appreciate and you know someone else appreciates, share that episode with them. It doesn't even have to be our most recent episode. You know, share with them anything. You know, you know we talk about Keanu Reeves. We talk about Rick and Morty. We talk about Keanu Reeves. I mean, shout out Keanu Reeves. Shout out Keanu Reeves. We love that guy. Shout out. But. In the Matrix, Will Smith might have been very good as the one. Ah, and we would have never known Keanu Reeves. Well, we would have known Keanu Reeves. Yeah, we would have known Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves was big regardless of the Matrix. Yeah. Matrix did take him to a different level, Matrix seemingly, did though. take him to a different level, for sure. Well, I don't know. When was Point Break? Because that was a huge movie of his. I don't know if that would have made him a household name like Keanu Point Break, or like Matrix did. I'm going to go 94. Uh, Let's see. It's gonna be ninety-three. This if I get this wrong, it'll be the only one I got wrong all episode. Okay. My phone's got three G, so. Ah shit. It's gonna take a while to load. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Ah, I got it wrong. What was it? Ninety-one. Ooh, two, three years off. I was two years off. Two years. I guess off. ninety-three. But, did I guess ninety-three? I think you guessed ninety-four. Shit. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> all right. Well, it's all right. You win some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some. But yeah, subscribe, rate, and review. You know anybody who watches Mr. Robot? Show them our podcast. We've got Mr. Robot breakdowns every week, every episode. Uh, Hope you enjoyed. Yeah. Peace, love, and bloom. Beans, beans, beans. That's our check. Talking. Take all your pants, pants, pants. Bitch, you know what's up for talking. Want me to do my dance, 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 dance. Pants in my pocket. Come and get your man's, man's, man's.